Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 17, 2021, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from page 44 in the big book, third paragraph, which begins with, but it isn't so difficult. Today's readers are Nina R. for the 12 Steps, Anna S. for the 12 Traditions, and readers of the text are Lynn S. and Lisa H., and Karen K. is here to be our backup this morning. The newcomer greeter will be coming on um, when, when the time comes, and we'll introduce her then. And the host for the second hour is Sandy W., The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, March 16th, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, 16,587. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 16,588. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm now going to ask Nina R. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Nina. Good morning, this is Nina R. from New York City. Thanks for letting me be of service. The 12 steps. Uh, Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, May direct amends to such people when it, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
Step 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, promptly remove it. Step 11. Start with prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and desire to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the review of service. Have a good day. Thank you, Nina. Uh, in the 12 traditions, I'm going to ask Anna S. to read those. Good morning. This is Anna S., the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Anna S., And now, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 44, the paragraph uh, that begins with, but it isn't so difficult, that's paragraph 3. And I'm going to ask Lynn S. to begin the reading for us. Good morning, Lynn. 
Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up. Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. You know, the amazing gift that I got when I came into program were two things that had never, ever been thought of before in this, in this problem of weight that I had and all the doctors I had seen and all the pills I had taken and all the therapists and all the diet books. And one of them was that my body was different than everybody else's. It had a physical allergy to certain foods. And no matter what, once they were ingested, I could do nothing about it but continue eating. And the second one was, this is a spiritual illness and the only remedy, the only way out, the only way to save my life from this disease is a spiritual basis. These were two novel concepts that literally saved my life overnight. I am one of those lucky people that got zapped overnight. The compulsion to eat was lifted and a connection with God who I had totally shut out of my life was established. Never in those struggling years before program, would I have ever known that those two things were the way out for me? But they were. And I can't separate them. They go hand in hand. I can't be abstinent without God. I can't put the food down without God. I can't. I didn't say that quite right. That's not what I mean. The obsession can't be lifted without God. Let's put it that way. And I can't have God without putting the food down. These two pieces meld together and give me a basis of recovery that I can then proceed to change my life with God, with God's help. I can't change me. I've tried and tried. But working the steps, God can transform my life. And this is the whole point. These two missing pieces melded together in my heart and my soul and my body and have given me a life that is beyond my wildest dreams. All the fight was taken out of me. All those diet books, I don't need to look at any of that anymore. It's all gone. It's not necessary. It's not required. The food is down. The food is quiet. 
God runs my life and recovery is happening. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynette. And now before I take names of people who would like to share on this paragraph, please remember that in this, at this meeting we ask that you confine your, your sharing to no more than every third day. So if you've shared on Monday or Tuesday of this week, we ask that you hold back and, and let others' voices be heard. And thank you for that. So I'm going to take names. I'm going to do my best to hear everybody who would like to be put on the queue. Tina S. Pamela P. Chuck K. Melissa P. Darian K. After Melissa. Gwen G. Pamela P. I've got I have Tina, Pamela, Chuck, and Melissa. Shelly CR. Who's CR? Shelly. Shelly CR, okay. Darian K. And Darian, okay. If I missed anybody, I'll ask that you um, be first on the next round. So we're going to have this lineup Tina S., Pamela, Chuck, Melissa, Shelly, and Darian. And please give me the initial of your last name when you share. So we're going to start with you, Tina S., please. Thanks so much, Penny. Uh, Tina, uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida, and that's my dog in the background. Sorry. Uh, what a great paragraph. And I always say that because I just love, you know, the power of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, for me, I'd be remiss if I, if I don't go back to the last sentence of the previous paragraph. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives. Yeah, yeah, you know, total opposite extremes for me, you know, to, to you know, live an alcoholic death or to, to accept, spirit, to live on a spiritual basis. And, you know, and I, and I love that the, the, the next paragraph talks about it. First, some of us try to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. That's where I was. I was like, okay, I'm really not as bad as you. I'm really not that compulsive eater that can't stop. You know, I still, you know, maybe can, you know, until I was thoroughly convinced, because it says that also in the paragraph, you know, that, but after a while, we had to face the fact, you know, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. You know, and that I'm not alone. There are so many people, you know, that are atheists, agnostics, you know, and, and for me, you know, I come in believing that there was a God, but that he wasn't working in my life. He probably might work in yours, but not in mine, you know, so that I had to, you know, cultivate a relationship with a power greater than myself so that I can get to a place of, you know, maybe, you know, and just be willing that maybe there's something out there that can restore me to sanity and transform my life. I love that it was talked about from the previous speaker. There's a transformation that came about the work in the 12 steps that I could not have done on my own. There's just no way. And that's the easy deal, you know, because when I hear find a spiritual basis of life, I still get this little, uh, but you know, the people that have come before me, you know, our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. You know, I've had too many people in my life that, that have demonstrated, you know, the life that they live today through the 12 steps. 
and the transformation that has come about through the 12 steps. So when I think about that, you know, what happens is, you know, I start to live on a spiritual basis, you know, when I start working the 12 steps. And so for me, one day at a time, you know, if I don't want to pick up the food, and I love that it was also talked about, I can't be in the food and be with God, for me, you know, and, and today, you know, I get a daily reprieve. You know, based on my, you know, my spiritual condition and what am I doing today for my recovery. So I'm really looking forward to hear what everybody else has to share. I'm glad to be on the line. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And Pamela, it's your turn. Hello. Um, this is Pamela P. from New York. Thank you so much, everyone on this line. Um. I'm just, I'm struggling a lot. Um, I got a sponsor, and when I would listen to the paragraph, I know about God. I know God had took me from a lot and had saved me. But something about this disease, letting go of the food, it's hard. It has been so hard lately. And I have recovery in the past, but right now, it is so hard. I was doing so good yesterday. And I'm I'm baffled. I do not know why I pick up. And once I pick up, it's no eternity. Um, and I was crying while I was eating, while I was eating, because I knew I messed up. And I say, Oh my God, this disease, you know, I'm, I'm just really struggling and I'm, I'm really trying, but I got to try harder. Cause I know God could do it, but I got to pray, really pray like my life depends on for the willingness. And it's scary. It's like, like every place that I go, I, I just see I see it staring at me, the trigger, so much different trigger food around. And I'm really trying. And I don't want to give up before the miracle happens. I don't want to see the miracle happen again. I really do. So I'm I'm not going to give up. I own this meeting, and I know it works. I know the program works. But... I really do need God. I just praying that I just give in and stop making the disease winning all the time. Stop making excuses. Just give in completely. So my name is Pamela from New York. My number is nine one seven three nine two seven one three two. Thank okay. you to let me share. I pass. Okay. Thank you, Pamela P. Okay, just a reminder that um, we try not to have our numbers on the recording, but that's fine um, for now, Pamela, and um, we hope you get some calls. Next is Chuck. Chuck, are you there? Hey, I had a little trouble with my mute and unmute. This is Chuck. I'm a compulsive overeater from Georgia, and good morning, everyone. This is an important paragraph for me because I have to remember that this book was written by 100 alcoholics that recovered. Their experience showed them that recovered. 
their minds told them constantly that this wasn't going to work, that this doesn't apply to them, that their lives, things that have happened in their lives preclude them from working these steps. And that's me too, because my mind for a long time said, no, you're not this way. You may be bad, but you're not that bad. And the only thing that I had was the experiences that happened in my life, the things that I sometimes couldn't even explain, but I knew happened, that I knew were real. And those things came about through the working of these steps. But I got to remember, these steps are great, but that's not what this program is about. This program is not, not about doing busy work and, and, and calling other people and talking to them. This work is about perfecting and enlarging my spiritual life. And I use the steps as a tool to do that. So the first questions I have to ask, am I going to put enough action into my plan of eating and my action plan in the day to stay abstinent when I'm first beginning program? If I don't do these things, then I won't stay abstinent. And then as I begin working the program and experiencing these miracles that happen in my life, am I falling into that trap of just checking all these boxes off? Have I done my 10s? Have I done my 11s? Have I done my 12s? That's not what it's about. It's about perfecting and enlarging that spiritual life with the God of my understanding. Showing up every day saying, I am here. I don't care about anything else other than that. I don't care whether I'm recovered, recovering, whatever label that I want to put on myself. I'm just here, God, for what you would have me do. And then the experiences can come, and then I can believe. Because all the wonderful things that have happened in program, a lot of them I can't even explain to you how they happened. There were things in my life I could not imagine not ever eating again. Now I don't even want them. No explanation on how that could happen other than the steps. So I got to keep the, the big point in my mind. Do I have a God? Do I believe in God? And is it me or is it something else? That's all I need to know. Work these steps and then wait for these experiences to happen so then I believe in something. I may not be able to describe it, but I know that it's happened. So thanks for letting me share, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Chuck. Your last initial? Okay, well, we're going to go on then to Melissa. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C., everyone. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered in New York. Um, you know, when I read this, um, it's a real good, it's a reassurance that, um, this isn't so difficult. Like we, you know, every one of us that I've met, um, you know, who who struggles with food, who myself included, you know, thinks that there's something unique about us. You know, I thought there was something unique about me that was going to make connection with God impossible or unnecessary, right? Like I don't need this um, or I could never get this. And, you know, we're told like, yeah, add enough crushing pain and you get to a point you know at least I happily did that I realized uh I don't care how hard it is I gotta find a spiritual basis you know or else and I think like spiritual basis like you know basis is a 
like the foundation, right, like my my entire structure. So I'm going to have to find a brand new foundation and structure. And, you know, what do they mean by spiritual? If it's not religious, if it's not a religious conviction, and it's not a religious practice, you know, because some people come in with really strong religious convictions and really strong religious practices, and they don't have the spiritual foundation. Or they're like me. And I was like, I don't know what I believe. I don't know that I believe. But I knew I needed something. And so, you know, when I look at spiritual, it it just means non-material. Like, no longer concerned with my selfish material values or pursuits. And we find out that selfishness, my pursuits, were my great obstacles. And it, no, it doesn't mean I'm going to take a vow of poverty, you know, but my focus can no longer be on the things that are of a selfish nature. And, and, and I find out, yeah, if I don't do that, you know, it's like, you know, um, or else, well, or else what, you know, or else more pain of the disease, you know, or else I'm going to die, right? And, and I think that's the, you know, that's the essential component. Why, you know, why am I so willing to seek God? Why am I willing to find a brand new structure? Because there's, you know, that step one foundation is I have no structure. I have nothing. Like, you get to a point, I found out for me, I could no longer think that I was going to fit recovery (laughs) into my structure of life. I had no life worth fitting it into. I had to have a brand new component. And, like, and I love, like, cheer up, don't worry, because the steps are going to give you the directions. You're going to make that new structure, you know, as we cooperate with God, the new structure gets built. And um, that's what's happened for me. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And next, Shelly C.R. Good morning. Good morning. This is Shelly C.R., from northern Minnesota, recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm very grateful to be here this morning. Um, and I love hearing everyone's shares. It's so helpful to me. And, and this paragraph really brings me back to when I first came into program, and I did not have a higher power. I did not believe in a higher power. And it was a process for me to come to that place of finding a higher power that fits for me and is within my understanding. And, you know, the paragraph that we read yesterday, you know, it ended with to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And it wasn't easy for me and either to accept this disease. Um, I needed uh, time to kind of go back and, and for the disease to get worse. And then as it progressively got worse as the big book tells us that it will do and that was my experience then it was like yep I need this program and so um, you know I needed to turn to my group as my higher power because there was much more wisdom in there than I had any sense of sanity Um, I didn't have any Uh, and so turning to the group initially and getting a sponsor and then you know, my sponsor was that connection between my higher power and myself. And as time went on and as I worked my program, um, and as this program says, as I work the steps, it leads me to a spiritual awakening. And that's what, that is what happened in my experience. And so 
I, I didn't, I was able to go through and do the things that, you know, were suggested to me from my sponsor. And as long as I turned it over and this was very, uh, against how I normally did things. Like I always wanted to know the why behind things. Um, and then if I agreed with it, then I would do it. <laughs> but I got to a point where, you know, I just needed to surrender. And that what I was doing and my best thinking got me to this place. And so I couldn't trust that anymore. And so, you know, I just started doing what I was kind of, uh, what it was suggested to me through pe other people's experience, my sponsor and other recovered folks within the program what they were doing. And so once I started just doing instead of thinking about things, um, once I just started acting, taking steps, um, then, you know, I had more spiritual experiences and leading to a, a spiritual awakening. And so that part about having a spiritual basis of life is now part of my daily living. And through working with others, I get to pass on that experience, strength and hope. Um, and, you know, hopefully, but it's up to their higher power as far as how that affects them and leads them to that spiritual awakening as well. But I definitely tried to avoid. I definitely, um, you know, it became very clear that it was do this, like I need this or else. Um, and so I'm just so very grateful that uh, that I have been able to, um, that I continue to practice this program in all my affairs and work on that on a daily basis, turn it over to my higher power. I shouldn't say work on it. I can't figure it out. And yesterday I had a great example of that that's, where that's time, Shelly. Thank you. I'll just wrap up with this yesterday. A great example of where I just was able to um, turn it over and surrender and was reminded of that. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Shelly CR. And now we have Darian Kay from Massachusetts. Oh, good morning, Penny. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, great. This is Darian Kay um, from the Berkshires in Massachusetts, um, recovered for today. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um, so, yeah, when reading that, um, it just, it sounds to me like um, it's it's giving us hope, um, you know, that it's not so difficult. You know, most of us thought that way. It's sort of just letting us feel like we're part of a group that we're not alone as you know this program beautifully does with so much of of what we read and what we do um and that um you know that that people think the way that i think that you know i'm not crazy um you know when i when i came in you know I, like many people you know i just really didn't understand how god could help me with my food problem. It just, it just seems so unimportant compared to war and peace and, <laughs> um, oh, and boyfriends and, you know, why people die and uh, why I can't get this or that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I found out that, um, you know, taking one day at a time and getting on my knees and asking my higher power to keep me abstinent for a day. Um, it really works. It really works. You know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So we can look back, and that's how I see how God worked in my life, um, carrying me through really unbelievable things. You know, I came in at twenty four years old, so I had my—I really had so much ahead of me. Um, 
to uh, experience. And I am so grateful that I had um, this program and I still have this program in my life to walk me through um, so much because, you know, it starts with the food, it ends with the food, but really there's just so much to this program, so much more than the food. And I know, you know, many, I know all of you probably know what I'm talking about. I don't really have to explain it. Um, And I also love the fact that it's a spiritual basis. You know, I don't, it doesn't have to be a religious basis. I don't have to um, show up at a building, a synagogue, a church, to get what I need on a daily basis. You know, um, it's in my heart, it's in my soul. And it also uh, gets um, channeled through all of you. Um, I really believe that. I really believe that when we connect with people on the meetings or we make a phone call um, or we see somebody um, that we need to talk to, um, God is channeling his um, love and power. So um, just grateful, grateful that I have all of you this morning um, to share that with. And, um, you know, that this is all good. This is all good. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Karen Kay. Excuse me, Darian Kay. I'm sorry about that. And I'm ready to take more names, but please let me hear from people who might have given me your name initially and I missed it. Who did I miss on the first round, please? Someone N. Someone N. N. Who who N? Cheryl. P-H-I-L. I'm sorry, I missed that. Somebody N. Philomena. Philomena, okay. Thank you. Lauren. Charles H. Lauren N, I think I heard. Charles. Elizabeth M. Who was who was the after Charles, please? Elizabeth Cynthia M. D. Elizabeth. Jen A. And Jen. Cynthia A. D. And Cynthia. Okay, that's good. Here's who I have, and again, I missed some last initials, so please say those when you share. I have Philomena, Lauren, Charles, Elizabeth. Jen, and Cynthia. So would you get us started again, Philomena? Thank you, Penny. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I'm Phil M. from Northern Ireland. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. So what stood out to me today is to be doomed to an alcoholic death or a compulsive overeater's death or to live on a spiritual basis um, uh, that was actually the previous chapter, but we do we need to to find a spiritual basis of life. Um, today, uh, many of you will know that this is St Patrick's Day, and St Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland. He's also the patron saint of Nigeria, but that is not often remembered. I find that I'm addicted to many things, and not just to overeating. I'm addicted to TV to binge watching different series. I'm also addicted to ease and comfort. And that has led me to be silent when I witnessed some racism in these meetings. When my sisters and brothers were told that talking about their experience of racism was an outside issue, I was silent. And I realized that that was wrong. And I am deeply sorry for that. 
I know that this may trigger manifestations of white fragility, which has guilt as its source, and I have experienced that fragility very recently. But my higher power made it so clear to me in my Step 10 work that my pain in being misunderstood was nothing compared to the suffering of my black sister, who I had unwittingly deeply offended by my clumsy language. I have been born into a racist system and I am blind to it. I really long for this precious space to be a safe space for all of us to tell our truth about everything that threatens our recovery. So with love and gratitude, I pass. Thank you, Philomena. And next we have Lauren. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, fellow visionaries. I'm so grateful to be here today, Lauren in Compulsible Reader Shabbatic from New York. I can totally relate to this um, <clears throat> this reading and the uh, discussions that we're having about higher power. I came in not believing that there was a higher power in my life and have finally learned to succumb to, <laughs> I guess it's succumb, um, to this belief that higher power is the only thing that can help me get through this life. I have spent so many years being angry and resentful and Thank God I've given I've given most of that away and can now finally realize that it's only because of the teachings in this room that I have finally learned that he, she, it is the only thing that can save me. I can hold on to the group for only so long Eventually, I need to believe, and I need to hold on to that belief every minute of every day, because otherwise I can't carry you all in my pocket at all times, although I do carry the podcasts in my pocket at all times, and sometimes when I'm frustrated or missing someone and can't talk on the phone, I can turn on a podcast and that helps because that's the way it drowns out my internal voice, which tells me that I'm not good enough because when I'm in that place, I'm going to pick up. And when I'm in God's space, I'm clean and sober, and that, is, and that is the way I choose to live my life today and every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren Ann. And next we have our brother Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. Uh, so you already said my name, so I ain't going to waste no time saying that. So I love the discussion. Um, it's almost like a heated debate, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, this is where the fork in the road comes for a lot of people. And, and the funny thing about it is that um, 
you know, Jimmy B said, you know, at God as we understand him, because some people don't understand him or her or it or whatever it is. Um, and I love the discussion about talking about there's, there's either two alternatives, go on to the bitter end or accept spiritual help. Um, and I love those those analogies on page 25 and those uh, those those places. But I'd like to take you to page nine where Ebby said, you know what? It was a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. And my friend in Boston always says the one trick pony, surrender, 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 right? This is the problem with, 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 with this second step. People don't want to surrender. People want to come to the greatest show on earth and still be the greatest show on earth without giving it to something else that's greater than themselves because the ego. You know, my grand sponsor always says this, the most underutilized steps is two and 10. I know people right now, stock raving, mad, abstinent, thin, crazy, everything is just so over hypersensitive because they won't trust something else. You know, Bill said, man, this on page nine, he is fresh skin. There's something internally different about him. We're talking about Ebby, the man that did not get credit for carrying the message to the man. You never know who you're going to carry the message to. I am not the plug. I don't care how popular I am in a 12 step program. I am the biggest clown in a circus if i think i'm the plug i'm not the plug i am the i am part of the i'm either the outlet i'm either some type of juice from the plug i'm not the plug but i can get connected to the plug so it's just like you know if your cell phone is dead you're going to connect it right that's all the second step is and with that i pass thank you thank you charles h and next we have Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, and please tell me your initial of your last name. Sure. It's Elizabeth M. from New Hampshire. Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, all. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I'm grateful to all of you for this wonderful meeting. I'm just setting my timer. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph. I, I just want to say as a little digression that the sentence before, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And I always think that is probably the funniest sentence in the big book because only an alcoholic or an addict would have trouble deciding which one to choose. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll just go to certain death. Maybe that's easier. That's, that's our disease talking. But I guess what I wanted to say about this paragraph that really speaks to me is that you know, I'm one of these people that started at step 11, thinking I am very spiritual and I have God all the while eating constantly. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why I was so blocked. I kept thinking that God would lift this disease. And I tried so many different spiritual paths, all of which were beautiful, all of which gave me some spiritual experience. What I would say, though, is that while I was in the disease, and not really knowing the problem, thinking I had the solution, I didn't understand that I had no power, that I was so powerless. I wasn't getting what they say on page 27, uh, the vital spiritual experiences or the effective spiritual experiences. So I could have moments of feeling a connection with God as I understand God, but then I would go right back to the food. Because, again, I had 
10 other steps to work before I could possibly live in step 11. So I really appreciated hearing people talk about the different steps and what we have to do in each step and be in the step that we're in. Because until I did that, I couldn't live in 10, 11, and 12 as I can today as a recovered compulsive eater. So again, I'm so grateful that these steps afford us the scaffolding within us to ultimately get an effective spiritual experience, not just a spiritual experience. And again, every spiritual path I tried was beautiful. However, I had this giant addiction in me that clogged my channel to feeling the God of my understanding. So for today anyway, I happily and committedly live in 10, 11, and 12 and have a shot at that spiritual relationship and spiritual fitness. So with that, I pass, and I wish you all a wonderful, abstinent, and recovered day. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth M. And next we have Jen A. in Snowy, Colorado. <laughs> Good morning, Penny C. This is Jen A. And we were in snowy Colorado, blizzardy, but we have defrosted. That's what you got to love about the sunshine. And the sun does shine on a spiritual basis when I'm living that way. Wow. Amazing. Love page 44. Talk about a hat trick, you know, like if Bill doesn't say it once, he's going to say it twice. And then he says it a third time in the first paragraph. A spiritual experience is going to conquer. Conquer what? My illness, right? I have to live on a spiritual basis or what? I'm doomed and I'm going to die. He says, Jennifer Marie, you must find a spiritual basis of life. And I thought, but yeah, God, I've tried it all. I've been to the building. I've talked to the believers. I've read and studied your book, and it's not working for me. The God thing and the religious thing did not work for me. I tried it all my life. And I was still fat, or I was still stark raving, mad, crazy, um, anorexic, right? Um, I didn't come here as an atheist, what they talk about, right? I wasn't denying that God existed. I knew there was a God. Um, agnostic? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, 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 there was knowledge a little bit there, and there still is agnostic parts of me that are agnostic. My friend calls those pockets of agnosticism that lie deep down inside of my heart right? Because yet I can walk this walk and talk this talk, read these pages and live this 12-step way of life. But yet what? But there's a but in there. But yet, God, you're not big enough to do X, Y, and Z in my life. But God, you can't handle this. That's baloney. I either believe or I don't believe. That's my choice. You know, I can't experience God until the resistance stops. This is a spiritual program. Half my friends in this program are Jewish. Some of them are Catholic. Some of them are Christian. A few of them are Buddhist. Are you kidding me? This is the biggest place to be accepted for whatever you want to believe. That's what Charles was talking about, right? Jimmy B says, just come here and believe just a little bit, right? So I had to put down my old belief. I can't drag the God around from my childhood. I can't drag the God around that didn't serve me well right? And I have to find a power greater than myself. Call it whatever you want. Today, I call it G-O-D. And how did I do it? By working these 12 steps. This channel, it was so clogged down with fear and resentment and harm that I had done to people. And you know what was really clogging it down at the top? All the food. But when the food is gone, God can come in like a roto-rooter and clean it out. And then I can get right with God right with myself, 
and right with others and live a spiritual basis of life on a daily basis. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Penny. Have a great day. Thank you, Jen A. And next we have Cynthia. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, we can hear you. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone, and thank you, Penny. Um, wow, this paragraph has really got me thinking about what I've been going through. Um, I started with OA last year about May, and I reached recovery, but then shortly thereafter, I relapsed, and I couldn't figure out why, and then it occurred to me that I had turmoil in my head about not having turmoil, the turmoil of of struggling with the food was gone. And my father used to have a saying, um, being disturbed like a cat without fleas doesn't know what to do with itself because it's not scratching anymore. So there I was, not scratching anymore, and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know that I should have done a step 10 over that turmoil, and then I relapsed. And this paragraph makes me think about my the God of my past, the the goddess of my present, and the fact that the real feeling I have towards my higher power is that it's spirit. And I've come to begin calling it spirit. Um, the surrender, the stepping back, even the, the reaching out to people, making calls to people is all about surrender. And I have to admit, I've been a bit of a control freak in my life. Um, and I think it's it's kind of based on being afraid of change, aren't we all? And a fear of free fall, because that was the turmoil that I was feeling when I was in recovery. And it was such a beautiful, sweet surrender of recovery. And it just felt so strange to me to not need the food. It felt good, and I guess I just wasn't quite ready to stay there, um, but I'm on my way back, and I'm finding myself once again struggling with food and having the old familiar turmoil, but um, now I'm reaching out to spirit every day, every hour that I can think about it, and I find myself not being bothered by food as much as I was before. And the peace, the joy, the connection that I feel when I'm with spirit is something that I'm becoming more and more familiar with and more at home with. And I know that um, as I as I step towards recovery and those wonderful things start happening and I start getting all of those promises that I'll be more at home with it this next time. Um, and I guess that's what I wanted to share um, about spirit and having turmoil over not having turmoil. So uh, I guess I'll wrap it up with that. Thank you for listening. Your last initial, please, Cynthia. Cynthia D. from Michigan. Cynthia D., thank you so much. All right, so now we have approximately four minutes. Uh, so I can take two people that will uh, share for two minutes each. Who would like to do that? Patricia Ann. Patricia 
M? Ian. Patricia Ian M. Patricia Ian M. Uh Okay, and one more? Roberta W. Roberta W. Okay, two minutes each, please. And we'll start with Patricia Ian. Thank you. At first, some of us try to avoid the issue, hoping against hope that we were not true compulsive overeaters. And this is what I did. I tried to avoid the issue for years. Tried to eat eat what was on my food plan, eat and then not, of course, not always stay on it, you know, staying away from sugar and flour, but not a food plan, not the volume, not not exactly. You know, I could have some, you know, not to where I would go up over 200 pounds again. I, I would stay, you know, controlling it. Um, until I couldn't control it, and um, and that's where that's where I am. And the, uh, avoiding the issue, I can't avoid the issue that God wants to help me. I can't avoid the issue that He's got a plan. I can't avoid the issue that if I just surrender my self will, that He's got me. I can't avoid that anymore. That I don't, you know, this is my solution. You know, I. I you know, he told me that this was my thorn in the flesh and that he gave me a solution. And I kept thinking there's got to be an easier, softer way. I can't just weigh and measure my food and turn it in for the rest of my life. No, no, I can't. And you know what? That is so easy now compared to the bondage I was in sitting there eating my brains out to where I was so much in pain I could barely move. You know, that's my bondage. This weighing and measuring and calling is not my bondage. See, my disease had it backwards, but God has the solution, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You <laughs> I just want to thank everybody. Um, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Patricia Ann. And now um, our last sharer for today is Roberta W. Good morning. Roberta? Oh, hi. I wasn't, I wasn't um, unmuted. I want to unmute a vision. I want to thank everybody for their outreach calls for Bernice W. Um, a long time ago, well, I don't know what six decades of my life, which disordered eating I exhibited or, or uh, eating disorder, but I should say that years ago, I, um, I walked into the rooms of another 12-step program because of my son, uh, rehab, and I <laughs> was like, what? This God is supposed to... Um, you know, changed my life. And then I, for that program, I had to go to open AA meetings to learn the disease. And a curious thing happened to me. I, I was never a big drinker. I, I could never understand. I, I lost the desire to ever have a cocktail on Saturday night. I just have no desire. <clears throat> I'm not a drinker anyway, but I don't even have a, a desire to have a step. It's just nothing. But um, my wonderful women friends in that meeting used to say, I don't understand how how you can leave a glass of wine sitting at a table. And I, I don't understand how you can leave a piece of cake sitting at a table. So <clears throat> I love the reading today. Um, you know, I don't know how that curiously happened, the wine, I mean, the cake I'm still working on, but I'm, I'm glad to know that somehow, some way, that I could live with a higher power rather than just be the walking dead in the disease. So thank you, and I'll pass. 
Thank you, Roberta W. Thank you, everyone who joined us on the meeting today, and especially the Penny C. Press. You're muted, Penny. Penny, press star one. Ready? You hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I yes. My phone said I was unmuted. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone who shared and who, though everybody who helped with this meeting this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, which is Wednesday, March 17th, is 16,592-16592. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, and I'm going to ask Lisa H., will you read that for us, please? Thank you. Good morning, Lisa H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.